Hi, this is Avi Fischoff, and this recording is regarding twisted parenting, affectionately known as TP, which is an alternative approach that I personally developed over many years to guide families on how to deal with kids in crisis that are unfortunately in a situation of pikuach nefesh, grave danger. You have a situation where the kid wants to do something that the parents don't want. Both parents don't want. None of us want the kid to do that thing. Now, we have one parent that went ahead and did what's called twisted, twisted parenting, right? Embraced it and, and said, great, you should do it, gewaldic. The other parent did what's called normal parenting, saying, no, I, I can't let you do this. I don't want you to do this, right? Now, we're talking about a chaylash yesh sakana. We're talking about a kid in pikuach nefesh who's now clean from drugs five months, and we're trying to get him from the dead, from, from drugs, right, to become a stable human being. And we know that when they're healthy and the family never turned on them, and we take away the friction between the family, that when they become healthy, Yismach Lev, Mavak Hashem, they become from, I've seen it over and over and over again. The number one obstacle for him to keep Shabbos is parents. That while I was down, you turned on me. When I was needing all of this craziness because of pain, you looked down at me. I never want to be a part of this. And you did it in the name of um, Hashem, Torah, Chasidus, Yeshiva, Mashkiach, neighbors, whatever it was. So to hell with all of you. And now I got me and my druggies and my, 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 on the street, and they're going to take care of me. The point is it doesn't work. Now let's understand. Both parents, the normal and the twisted, both don't want this. Some people get confused that when I say embrace him and buy it for him, it's because I like it. I'm pro, I'm pro uh, piercings and tattoos, or I'm pro. No, you have a situation here. We want to heal the kid, that he should not want this thing. From all the kids from five years ago, four years ago, three years ago, if we did a survey, I really wonder from all the piercings that they have, how many are left today? They're doing great, these kids. So it's a stage. I met a boy and I saw him. He had an earring, and I said, "Oh, why'd you get an earring?" He says, for the last year, it was in my head. I couldn't get rid of this feeling. I need to get an earring. I need to get an earring. Now, first of all, let's understand. Did any men in this room ever have that feeling? You know how different your child is from you? That they have this gnawing feeling. I got to get a piercing. I gotta, you know how different their mindset is from you? And it won't go away. I never had that feeling. I had it once, but it was very short-lived. <laughs> You know, once it was, then the next day I said, no, I don't want an earring. But to have it for a whole year, now that means that their mindset is totally different than us, number one. Number two, you know how to get them to, to, to take off the earring? It's better he should have it and take it off than he should not have it and a whole day be thinking about, I wish I had an earring, I wish I had an earring. That stays for the next hundred years. So the chap of twisted parenting is not because I want him to have a pierced ear. It's because you're dealing with a kid, you have to be real. You're not dealing with a regular kid. You're not dealing with a chinuch kid. You're dealing with a kid who anyway to your shechenim looks like a meshugana kid, who anyway to the family looks like an osvar if he cut off his payas, he's not chasidish. So what's the difference how meshug he looks? Let's heal him. He was going to get a piercing. Now, when you told me the story that mommy said, great, go get a piercing, she's being twisted, and Tati said, no. I was thinking, what a waste of energy. Because there's no way that the story ends that he doesn't get it. So what do you accomplish? We have to be here, Pikuach Nefesh, we have to be practical. 
We don't want kids to die. We have to be practical. If you do something and the mahalach doesn't work, why do you keep doing it? Who's giving... Sorry, Tati, I'm going to be hard on you. Who's giving you an applause? You lost the battle. The kid has the earring. You accomplish nothing. If you don't accomplish, you're a loser. If you stopped him, okay, it's the wrong thing. It's not my mahalach. But okay, you gained something. The kid wanted an earring. You stopped him from getting an earring. Here, he got the earring anyway. Well, he got it anyway, which I was waiting for the end of the story. And that's why I tell you guys, go along with it. I'll tell you why now. Because when he does it as a rebel, and he does it against his father, you lose something else that you don't even know you're thinking about. You lose that all of a sudden he's going to smoke up, or he's going to meet a new friend, or he's going to... You're increasing rebelliousness, the poison inside of him. You're putting a poison mold, right? You're putting a mold inside of him that he, you're, you're having rebellion. It grows like mold. You have to kill the rebellion. If you go for a year or two and he never was a rebel, then the rebellion is dead. Now you're dealing with a dysfunctional person and they don't do anything like haches and they're not trying to get anybody. Three quarters of the problems are out the window to begin with. We don't need boot camps. We don't need psych wards. We don't need anything. So the trick though is don't poison him with the poison of rebelliousness. They're doing it, we know, we believe, right? We know, not to be a rebel anyway. It's because of their pain. If he deducted his pain, deleted from his life, he'd be a regular chesidish kid. He lost all of these things, and now he's doing this out of his pain, which means, number one, you're going to lose anyway. Don't fight wars that you can't win. Only fight battles that you can win. Now, you lose anyway means that he feels like a rebel, so now he's back again infected. I have a friend that had Crohn's disease. Crohn's disease, I thought it's like from base, like Pesach Crohn. I thought you speak for an hour and then you wrap it up with a great story. But it turns out that it's an actual stomach problem, which I didn't know about. And he went and he did the diet. Okay, what's the diet? There's a special diet for people with Crohn's disease. For two years, he didn't have a morsel of wheat, not even matzah on Pesach. Not a morsel of wheat. And what happens is, the disease in his body that lives off of wheat died. And now he could eat pizza and matzah and whatever he wants. Challah and every regular. Because he killed the disease. Two years. Two years, no rebellion. Two years, you never yourself do something with, that's against authority, that's against parents. The rebellion is dead. You have to kill the rebellion. If you kill the rebellion, you save your kid's life. Ezra Sashem. That's number one. But number two, when mommy went ahead, and again, we knew he's going to do it anyway, so mommy, instead of fighting it, said, yeah, you should get it. So now you accomplish something, nothing to do with this story, nothing to do with this, this piercing, this mishigas. You accomplish something else. You accomplish for tomorrow. You accomplish for the next mishigas that he feels close to mommy. He doesn't think mommy looks down at me. He thinks mommy thinks I'm beautiful. I look amazing. I have a beautiful earring. That feeling inside of him is the cure, is the medicine. It's the medicine. So you have over here two ways of looking at it. One way is bankrupt. It doesn't stop the child from doing the bad thing. It is ineffective from stopping it, but it also keeps the rebellion, puts in the child rebelliousness that, you know, I'm doing it and I know my father and I don't care, and makes him start thinking, yeah, but what does he care? When he, I got thrown out, he didn't. It brings back up all the rebelliousness, and you lose the next battle also with that attitude, because they feel 
a wall between you and Tati, because Tati doesn't want me to do this. It means he looks down at me, and then they, they start thinking all those things. Yeah, I'm not the son he wanted. He was never there for me. And it all comes out. Mommy's way is, we lost nothing. It's a spiel. He did it anyway. He feels that mommy was behind me. And what we gained from that is the miracle drug, the chemo of twisted parenting, that children who feel accepted by their parents through the dark, crazy stuff emerge really strong. Emerge a year, two, three, five, whatever it is. They went through all the mishigasen, the craziness, without feeling... Everybody's looking down at me. We just read the poem. She lived in a house, but it wasn't her home. Everybody made me feel different. I feel different. They are different. We have to make up for the fact that they feel different automatically by giving them such hugs and love and gifts and supplying and spoiling them that they shouldn't chalila feel, hey, I really am different than these people and I want to find people that look like me and act like me because they are out there. They, those other people are out there. You're in a tug of war with thousands of strangers that are out there in the streets, in the parks, in the, the woods, by the lakes. They're there. And they're saying, come with me, little Nishamala. And you'll never feel pain again. It's a new A.B. Rottenberg song. <laughs> come with me, little Nishamala, and we'll shoot this in your vein. And you won't feel pain, because you'll be high in the sky, little Nishamala. Right? And you don't have to worry about Yitzhabrach and Kait, and you don't have to worry that you didn't graduate high school, and you're not going to get married, and that you're different than everybody, because just a little, little of this and a little of that, come with me, little Nishamala. We'll be flying high in the sky. Not yet. You have to listen to the Shmuz three times, and then you'll know what to do. We are in a tug of war with the street. The Tikkun, the Tikkun, according to me, which if you're here and you drove so far, maybe you trust in me. What I have seen works, whatever the, the detail is. Again, it's not about their particular story. It's the detail. is to embrace it and supply it, and then you kill it. When Reb Chaim Kohn, the brilliant Rav of Gerash Tebel and Flatbush, was here, he said that every medicine, penicillin, is killing the disease with the disease itself. And we discussed it, Right? And the Ramban, he shows, someone sent me a Ramban that talks about that also. And that's what we're doing. We're killing this disease with the disease itself. In your particular case, I'll just tell you, a family, one of the first families that came here, their son was in Eretisrael, and when they came off the plane to go visit him in Tzvat, with his ponytail and whatever, he had a earring. So first the mother was really Tzabrachim, it's before TP, it's before groups. I met them just privately a little bit, and she knew what to do. She told the son the next day, let's go shopping, I want to get you a Shabbos earring. Now it sounds insane, but let's understand. Women who wear earrings have Shabbos earrings, right? So if this boy is so broken that he wants to wear an earring, why shouldn't he have a Shabbos earring? So the kid looks at his mother like, really? Shabbos earring? Yeah, you need to have a Shabbos If you're wearing it already, Shabbos hearing. They went shopping in Meisha Arm. Okay, can you imagine they're walking in, right, to the jewelry, to the earrings, and saying, hi, where's the men's department, please? We don't have a men's department. 
Oh, okay. So they're looking for earrings, right, for Shabbos, and she's saying, oh, uh, is it nice? Do you like this one? Do you like this one? They're shopping, the, the mother and the son, and the salesperson says, oh, who's it for? And she goes, for my son. Mm-hmm. You know, clunk. <laughs> Hello? Are you there? You know, fainted, call Hatzala. She bought him a Shabbos earring. Why? Why? Because he took it out, and he doesn't wear earrings anymore. It's a trick. It's just, I uncovered a trick. It's not chinuch. It's not normal. These kids are not normal. It's a trick. When you embrace the craziness, you have a higher chance of the craziness disappearing. When you don't and you argue with it, forget about the earring. The earring you lost, but you lost much more than the earring. God forbid he relapses, it's your fault. Because you're weakening him. You're weakening his, his system. He can't deal with rejection at all. So I'm telling you, you lose nothing because he's wearing it anyway. Tati, you tried. You did a good try. You know, yay. You tried. You said, no. <laughs> now you say, okay, listen. I said, no to cutting off his pious, no to taking off his yarmulke, no to chil Shabbos, no to treif, no, no, no. At the end of the day, he doesn't really listen so well to the word no. You want to win him back? You're winning him back. Because he's home. If you would not have moved, and you wouldn't have bent over back, he wouldn't be home. You did so much for him. And you beat the odds because he's clean for five months and none of his friends are. So what happens with a kid like this is, a few more months go by, Be'ezus Hashem, I'll tell you my plan, six months from now or something, he says, you know what, I want to go to Eretz Yisrael to Yeshiva. And you're going to be like, where did that come from? Happens all the time. So you have to get to the promised land. you got to get to the end zone. You can't drop the ball on my patient treating him with ways that are against what I'm telling you. Everybody, we're all normal. We all want to make mistakes. But at the end of the day, this is my patient. I take it very personally. Don't mess around with my patient. If you come here, you don't do anything to this kid without my approval. That's what you signed up for. I'm taking a chreis to help you as much as I possibly can. The next thing that happens, don't say yes, don't say no. Avi, we need to speak to you. Avi, we need to speak to you. Look in the book, find somebody, call a black belt, reach out. Don't make mistakes, because chas v'shulim, he relapses. You're going to be upset. Avi, I don't know, we did twisted parenting. No, you didn't do twisted parenting. Because when your kid did something, you could have embraced it, bought it for him, and he would be walking around now with an earring, and everyone would say, whoa, cool, dude, you got an earring, who's got a few? My, my tati. <laughs> you killed the rebellion. If your tati gets your piercing, and everybody, it's the first picture on Facebook, and everybody comments, and everybody knows, right? And if you find, who got it for you? Uh, tati got it for me. Okay, kids get thrown out of home. When you do that, you get thrown out of the street. You get thrown into home. So get off the street. You can't be a rebel on the street if your tati bought you an earring. You lost an opportunity to take the inside of his broken soul, which is so broken, so broken, and gluing it together with no expense because he has the earring anyway. If it would be me, my choice, his first earring, which he would have had anyway, as you see, I'm right, would have been tati bought it for me. And then that's it. You guarantee, I could swear, I could promise to you, Whatever, whenever he's going to come be Bechuva, Chayza Bechuva, one week earlier you for sure got. One week of Shmir Shabbos. That's what we get.
I'm telling you. This is a process that we've seen. But he'll come back one week earlier because he did the right thing. Now, we didn't get the, the win the battle because he, he did that thing, or whatever the thing is. We lost that. He feels that he's a letdown and disappointment to you because that's obvious. And we lost the opportunity. That's the real loss of letting this kid go out there to the street, be the next level of craziness, I, I got my hair pink or whatever, whatever, and my tati was there with me. Because those kids don't have a long rebellion. Those kids can't be in 10 years from now on the street. It's impossible. Your tati holds you and is there for you, paying for it and supplying it, and tati's there. You can't be a rebel. And that's the job of a parent with a child who's in this group. This is Avi Fishoff, and I can be reached at twistedparenting at AOL.com.